Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Money Making Conversations. That's right. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is an entrepreneur, investor, and New York Times bestselling author. He is the founder and CEO of Bulletproof 360, Inc. He created a biohacking movement, created Bulletproof Coffee, and launched an empire expanding on his biohacking discoveries that includes Bulletproof branding food and drink products, which include coffees, waters, protein bars, and mixes, nutritional supplements to optimize body and mind function, the Bulletproof Brog. Bulletproof Radio Podcast, Cafes, and more. Today, he's on the show to talk about his fourth book, Game Changers. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Dave Asprey. Rashawn, thank you. Yeah, I got to set you up, man. When you're big time like you, man, I got to set you up. I can't just say, please welcome to the show, Dave. I can't do that, brother. Can't do that. <laughs> I can't, you know, I got, I got to tell the world about you, man, because I read your book, Game Changers, and I, I always knew about your, your brand. And but the, the the book game changes, and, and when I'm reading it, when it got to the point, I always tell people, I tell my 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 friends and my my, my employees all the time. I say, I want to live like as old as the people in the Bible. That's what I say. I, I want. Yeah. To, I, and, I tell, and then when I read, you said you want to live to 180 years old. I went, that's my man. That's my man. That's my man. Because people really, they get to a certain age and they feel that, I would tell people, when they get to their 50s, there's something happens to people because they see that they've been told at 65 that they should retire. And they've been told at 65 that they're going to be taken care of. So if something mentally happens with, with people, they, their whole body structure change, their goals change. They also believe that they can't accomplish things at that age or why should they? And then they get frustrated when the people who made these promises that they're going to take care of them don't come through. Your book enables me to believe that my mindset that I have is the right mindset. 
Don't wait on anybody. You can do it yourself. Is that what, if, did I take that correct from your reading, from my reading? You know, you're in charge of your own biology, and, and yeah, you, you hit it exactly right. I, I just uh, I just turned 46, and mm-hmm. I've, I celebrated my 25% birthday. Mm-hmm. So I'm still a young man mm-hmm. because I'm barely a quarter done with my minimum goal. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, and I'm not. That's not one of those. Oh, you know, hey, look at me! I'm doing this to you know get attention. I've run an anti-aging nonprofit group for 20 years, mm-hmm. and I've interviewed people on Bulletproof Radio. Guy who's 93 has a Nobel Prize for discovering neuroplasticity. Guy who's 94 who discovered the field of transpersonal psychology. Guy who's 73, one of 12 living grandmasters of the energy medicine tradition that protects the emperors of China. Mm-hmm. These are they have something called wisdom, mm-hmm. and and I think we're missing on wisdom right now because half of people over a certain age are going to get Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. They, they don't even remember their wisdom. Mm-hmm. I, so I think we have an epidemic of a shortage of wisdom, and I've learned so much from people three times my age, two times my age, uh, who, to this day, uh, Jay Abraham, uh, who just interviewed me for the book, one of the, the top marketing consultants in the last 30 years on direct, uh, direct mail, direct marketing, uh, dear personal friend, uh, I think he's in his 70s or late 60s, uh, you know, these are the guys who tell me how to do the stuff I don't know how to do because they already did it 10 more times than I did. And I feel like I didn't have the wisdom to listen to those people when I was in my 20s. I was maybe a little too egotistical. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I wrote Game Changers, I wanted to hear what made all of them, all these people who did these big things, what made them special? And, and I asked them all the same question, and I worked with a statistician to analyze all the data and figure out, I, I don't care what one successful person does, and, and for people listening, you shouldn't either, because you're probably not like that person. They might be a different gender, different age, live in a different part of the country, they had right. different parents, mm-hmm. they had different genetics, but they're not you. So don't follow a guru. Find out what a bunch of people all agree on as their priorities, set your priorities the same way, and choose the tools that work for you. And this book is, it, it's not one of those books where, hey, I did this podcast episode, look what you could learn, and you put 20 of them together, you got a book. This is a book where we analyzed 450 interviews, all of them with exactly the same three questions at the end, and we look for commonalities. So if you're going to spend one hour being a better entrepreneur, a better father, a better mother, a better whatever you decide you want to be, you might as well get the highest return on that hour's worth of time and energy. Uh, And, well, how else could you do that but learning from hundreds of people who've done big things? That was my deal. And here's the secret. I wanted this for myself. Between writing a New York Times bestseller every you know, 12 to 18 months, Webby award-winning podcast with 100 million downloads, and I'm CEO of a Bulletproof 360 with $68 million in venture capital, and i got a couple other startups in my back pocket, too. I don't have time. I'm not wasting. I have 10 minutes to meditate. I want to meditate faster. <laughs> but it's okay to do that. You mentioned the fact that you lost weight. And uh, I lost 16 pounds this year. I, I brag about that. I made a conscious decision right. to just lose weight. You know, I was. I said, I'm not going to play football. I'm not going to run around here and uh, tackle anybody and make any extra money, not at my age. Why are you walking around with all this weight on, Rashawn? And it, it's, it's left my body. It's almost a year now, coming up on year anniversary, and it stayed off. So how was you able to make that transition with the weight loss, which inspired you to be who you are today? I like to believe that when I say that, and, and keep it off. You know, it, it, for me, it came from desperation. Yes, sir. I, at 26, I, I've got all the money I'm going to need for the rest of my life. At least I think I do. I don't know I'm going to lose it. But <laughs> I bought disability insurance. 
I, I mean, my, my brain wasn't working. I'd had arthritis in my knees since I was 14. I got blood tests done at the doctor, uh, like advanced blood tests, and they said, you're at high risk of stroke and heart attack, and you're pre-diabetic, uh, and you've got cognitive dysfunction. Like, I'm not 30, and I've got all the diseases that I expect my grandfather to have. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I, 26, I, at 26. Mm-hmm. Not okay, right? And, and I, I've been exercising an hour and a half a day, six days a week, and I went on a low-fat, uh, low-calorie diet, and after 18 months of that, I, I just took off Sundays. The rest of the time, every day, no matter if I was sick, no matter how tired I was, I hit the gym every day. Most important thing, I still weigh 300 pounds, and I'm sitting at Carl's Jr., and my friends are eating Western bacon cheeseburgers. I'm having the salad with no chicken and, and no dressing, and I just realized, you know what? I could bench press every one of my friends. I actually have more than them, and I eat less than them, and I'm twice as tall as them. And you know what? It's not me. It's yes, this sir. advice is crap. Yes, sir. And I had to go do it myself. And that's where the Bulletproof Diet came from. Hanging out with anti-aging people, hanging out with people who actually know how it works. And they're all pissed off. Next week, I'm giving a lecture to 3,000 doctors at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. I'm not a doctor. But they're all pissed off because they know what's real. And the traditional Western big pharma stuff, they just don't know it. So there's this divide between what we know and what people are told. And my mission here is I'm going to break that divide down. And even this conversation is helping to do that. If you're fat, it's not that hard to lose weight now. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to be hungry all the time. If you are hungry all the time, you're going to get fat again anyway. So you've got to figure out how to do it. It's to the point I don't worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. But what I do worry about is when you have all this energy, what are you going to do with it? Because yes. if you have a bunch of energy and you put it into you're hating on other people and, you know, cut them off in traffic and, uh, you know, you, you don't do good stuff with it, we got a problem there, but, but we can fix it. It's easy. And, and that's why I'm so fueled up about it. Right. At, at the end of your interview, you always ask this question. This, uh, what are your top three recommendations for people who want to perform better at being human? Can you, can you, can you, can I ask you that question, Dave? Yes, absolutely. And I wrote, uh, I wrote the afterword in Game Changers yes, where I, I kind of put more, more context into this. Uh, but I'm going to summarize that. And I, until I wrote this book, I really didn't answer that question uh, in, a, in a major way. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is the power of gratitude. And every night when I put my kids to bed, I say, hey, tell me three things you're grateful for. Mm. Uh, and I tell them stuff I'm grateful for. And if you do that, it changes your whole biology. Like your stress hormones go down, your brain state changes. And I measured that uh, at the brain, the neuroscience institute that I started. Uh, you can see what gratitude does. It's a real thing. So number one, gratitude. Second one is understand that you have a traitor inside of you. These little tiny bacteria that run the energy system in your cells, all they want to do is run away from, hide, or kill scary things, eat everything, and have sex with everything else. That's what bacteria do to stay alive, and you're powered by bacteria. So everything you've ever done that you're ashamed of came from these ancient bacteria. Good news is they're not you. Bad news is you're responsible for what they make you do, so you've got to get on top of it. If everyone understood that, you could drop the guilt and shame right now. They go, yeah, I'm wired that way. I've got to get on top of this wiring instead of saying, oh, that was me. I'm a bad person because right. my bacteria wanted to go out on that date. I shouldn't go out on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the final thing that's in my pieces of advice, people want to perform better at everything, is understand your body actually doesn't listen to you very well, except when it comes to gratitude and love and things like that. But what it does listen to, it listens to the environment around you. So what that means 
is that you have more control over what your body does than in any time in human history. I mean, you go to Amazon, you go to Walmart, you go to anywhere you want, you can pick up an air filter, you can get quality lighting, you can get clean water, you can get quality food. You can change all the, all the things that 25 or 100 years right. ago, right. it doesn't really matter who you were, you couldn't do it. So we have all this tech now. You can make the environment set up to make you a superhuman, but unless you realize it's the environment they're listening to, it's not you, it's very hard to do that. Imagine, Dave, are you doing any uh, book signing tours, or, or you have a schedule for that set up yet, or what's, what's happening with you? And where are you based? I am based in Victoria, British Columbia. Our headquarters is in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And in uh, April 5th through 7th is the Biohacking Conference, sixth annual conference down in L.A. I'll be signing a ton of books there. Okay, cool. And that's at the Beverly Hilton. Okay. You go to UpgradeLabs.com to find info on the conference. Okay, cool. And uh, what's, to say those dates again? April 5th through 7th in L.A. In L.A. And, and there's, I, I got one more thing for listeners, too. If, if you go to AspreyGameChangers.com yes, right now, A-S-P-R-E-Y, mm-hmm. uh, I'm giving away $175,000 in prizes for people who read the book, review the book, and, and, and you just try it out. Uh, that's the most I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And there's people with stem cell upgrades, all kinds of cool stuff. So... Uh, I would say check it out and read the book. And if you, if you read me a review, I love reading reviews. Just let me know that, that, that the 8,000 or so hours, the whole year of time that went into writing this book, that it was worth your time to read it in four hours. If you let me know that, I appreciate it. Well, my friend, also I'll be posting it on social media. So I tell my crew to get in touch with Joe Crew and we put it on my social media, which is even a bigger platform than my radio platform. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you. Keep changing lives and keep, uh, keep being a game changer. More. From Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Uh, very good. Great awesome. interview, man. Awesome. Thank and you. I, Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I was very serious about that coffee. I was just let you know that, you know. I, it was funny. I was just like, you know, I'm at a point in my life, you know, I go, I'm going to stick to who I am. You know what I'm saying? So, so I went, yeah. mm, maybe it's time to, like, change up a little bit. But but I, I treated it just like, a, you know, why not? It was lemonade, uh, you know, a Coke or something, and enjoyed it a lot, man. And, and thank you very much for uh, inviting that uh, that uh, nutritional supplement into my life because I will be using it on a regular basis, uh, okay? You got, you got it, man. And it's, it's rough here. I got to tell you, both coffee and brain octane oil in trials reduce Alzheimer's disease. So you drink one of those a day, your risk for lifelong stuff goes down. That's real science, and that's one of the reasons I do it. So you, you got some upside there. I appreciate it. Also, uh, my, my staff is going to seriously reach out to you, to, to your staff, to give me some banners so I can put them on social media. All righty? Oh, heck yeah. I appreciate well, you, Big Timer. Keep winning, my man. Yeah, we sort of stopped paying attention and racked up a lot of debt. Yeah, it was stressful. He blamed me for my credit card debt, and I blamed him for building that man cave. It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, we stopped blaming each other, did our homework, and read that a smart way to consolidate debt is to get a fixed-rate loan. But getting a loan was brutal. And a time drain. So I was in my man cave researching personal loans, and I found Best Egg. Yep. They have an A-plus rating with a BBB, and Best Egg handles everything online, start to finish. And can. Consumer Affairs gave Best Egg five stars for their easy online loan app. And we could be approved and funded in as little as one business day. I applied online with no impact to my credit score. <laughs> she always takes credit for my wins. <laughs> but long story short, she got an awesome loan, yep. paid off our cards and some bills while lowering our monthly payment. The Best Egg loan was like a total fresh start. Yeah. Visit bestegg.com blue. 
bestegg.com slash blue. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times will vary. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn Shell? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, used to always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be more you know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. You know, when you have a good friend on the phone, your energy gets a little bit higher than normal. Uh, this young man, i um, been knowing him since 92. Uh, Houstonian uh, hails from Houston, Texas. But many years ago, I told him to leave Houston and follow his entertainment dreams. <laughs> go to go west, young man. Go west, young man. And he went to Los Angeles. He's written on shows like House of Pain, Ricky Smiley Show, Raven's Home, and Meet the Browns. He's currently a writer and producer on the uh, on the new Tia Maori. I work with Tia Maori on Sister Sister and Loretta Devine. I did a play with her in uh, Los Angeles, California. The show is called Family Reunion. It's a comedy series ordered by Netflix. Netflix is buying everybody. Well, Tia and Loretta Devine uh, are set to headline a new multi-generational, multi-camera comedy series on Netflix. Please welcome to my show, Money Making Conversations, Anthony Hill. <laughs> What's going on, Rush? <laughs> Boy, I tell you, man. Uh, you know, I'm telling you something, Anthony. So proud of you, man. I got to get it out, man. You know, uh, hip hop comedy stop. You used to come by the club, and, and... I was an usher, man. I was an usher. I was feeding people for you, buddy. <laughs> feeding people, and uh, you know. It, but he just had that genuine enthusiasm, genuine enthusiasm about being uh following his dream so just going back there because we got a lot to talk about we had two breaks and uh i just want to take time because a lot of people and you know man i was i was all about there's a lot of talented people in houston let me get that straight right there yes. there's a lot oh, of oh, yeah. talented oh, yeah. people in houston but there's a lot of fear in houston about making that decision to move or making the decision to change jobs it's a lot of, and i look these many years because we look roughly about 25 years it's some people that yeah I said they didn't make that decision. They didn't make that decision to to either go to New York or go to Los Angeles. But you did, young man. You listened to Rashawn McDonald. Why did you listen to me? <laughs> well, you know what? I think I was too stupid to me to actually know to know any better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't stupid, brother. No, come on, talk to us, man. Talk to us. 
You know what it was, man, was I I always wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Not always knowing what that was. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that I wanted to do something different. And, and it, you know, when I was a kid, I would always play by myself in my room. I would have these little army men and my sister's doll. Mm-hmm. And what would happen was that there was one 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 guy being picked on by all the other guys. Right. And right. then and then then he would fall off the bed, which was the uh, mountain. Then and he would come back big at my sister's crazy doll and just beat him up. <laughs> beat him up. You know, that was my story all the time. You know, and what's funny is that I'm doing the same thing now and just getting paid for it. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, I, I've always liked listening to to. Two stories, right? You know, um, what, what I like folks to know is that is that now this young brother from South Park is a bear, you know, is a Manilow fan. Mm-hmm. Barry Manilow, that's me too. Yeah, you know, Barry Manilow live. We should listen to it, <laughs> right? See, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Fifth Ward. Let me tell you Now South Park is like Fifth Ward. It's a very, it's, yeah. it's a black community. All right. So you had, I'm in Fifth Ward, a little bit older than him. I'm listening to Barry Manilow live. He in South Park. He listened to Barry Manilow live. That, 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 that yeah. wasn't supposed to work. <laughs> what wasn't happening at all, man? You know, so the only of my close friends know that about me. Mm-hmm. You know, and somebody asked me once. Why are you a Manilow fan? And so I think about it because I, I never really you know thought of me. I thought about why, and then I realized that I'm a Manilow fan because his songs tell stories, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always liked stories. I've always liked beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was a kid in in school who enjoyed the essay portion of the uh, test. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I could fake that because I right. know how to do a, a sort of like topic sentence, prove it, and then end it. It's really interesting. Like hip hop has a culture, but the basic African American doesn't have a culture in the writer's right. room. Okay, because because uh-uh. they will defer to hip hop language. They go, oh, will, will, will we say it like that? Will we say it like that? But if you just talk about you doing a sitcom, they they don't feel that there is any particular tone that a that a typical African American family will be or live a lifestyle. And so it really was interesting because uh, how that taking that room happens like that because you absolutely are telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and, and so it gets frustrating. And I realized that I'm going to get be, be frustrated until I have my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's easy to, to fight from the top. <laughs> you know. And so, and so, were you involved in any of the casting of the series? Or? I was involved in in every in every bit in every bit of it. So, so every when, bit of it. So and when, this was the first time. So, hmm? when will it premiere? Um, right now, the tennis date is is um, June. They, they're talking about a Juneteenth, you know, uh, release date, you. which will be great. That feels smart. <laughs> Family reunion. That's a summer tone. That's that's hitting the right yeah. uh, the right right approach to the whole process. Yeah. Now, yep. when, Juneteenth. Now, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, we were writing, you know, we was talking about your writing career and um, and I had some projects that were coming up and you was, you was at a crossroad because there are different levels of writing in in, in um, Hollywood. You know, there's union writing, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's writing where, you know, you got a job, but it doesn't feel like a job. And so, well, that's yeah. one of the things that, that really helped me out a lot because I can finish this one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone, because I have been doing shows, like, and, this, and I'm going to preface this by saying that this is not a knock on anyone. I appreciate anyone's work, you know, but I'm doing work with Byron, Byron Allen and, you know, so Tyler Perry and this and that. And mind you, it was, so it, um, it was fine. 
but I learned that we that I want to tell different stories than you know they do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I worked with Tyler for three and a half years, and so um, um you know um, in Atlanta, and when I came back here to work, people would say I don't want to hire a Tyler Perry writer. Mm-hmm. And that sucked because I had been doing some 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 work work up there, mm-hmm. but it but it wasn't recognized here. Mm-hmm. So I worked with Byron Allen, and it was kind of the same type thing because mm-hmm. it was a show that wasn't on. You know, it wasn't a, a, a like network show. Mm-hmm. It was a show that was on and everything. And you know, again, I mean, the storytelling wasn't what I wanted it to actually be. Mm-hmm. You know, so I go to ATL. Because this dude is barbecuing, <laughs> right, 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 in his huge backyard, in his huge backyard, and I was frustrated. And so he could tell, tell, tell I was frustrated because I was doing things that I didn't necessarily, like, mm-hmm. you know, want to do, and I was doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. I was doing it for the money, you know, because I have kids and they enjoy eating every day. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so what you told me the reason why I'm frustrated is because I'm. Better than the shows I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I was gonna always be frustrated if I kept doing it, and I would always stay in that in that lane mm-hmm. if I didn't stop. Right, right. So, so the next season, I told Byron Allen no, and when I tell you, Rashad, I was so scared I did that. <laughs> <laughs> And for a while, things didn't go right, and I cursed your name. <laughs> I know, man. And my big accountant was shrinking mm-hmm. like, you know, black girl hair in the pool. Mm-hmm. It was just shrinking. <laughs> man. But what happened was I got Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so things got a little bleak first, but I got Disney, and then Disney – Expensive from Disney to 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 um to um, Netflix. Absolutely, because I, because I knew I couldn't get there from where I was. Right, but it was an easier jump from Disney to net to to, to to you know a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and let me go even back further because because this happened with us a couple of times when we when I first started working. I had a stage manager who said who suggested that I invite you to the play because I was doing a play in Houston mm-hmm. and I'm thinking all right cool and it's because now you're a big time you had to hit a comedy stop you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and you came out and everything and I'm behind the curtain watching you in the audience hoping you would laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when you did you know it's so, it's so, so because that validated me it, Absolutely. so everybody knows, knows I was doing mm-hmm. something good because it's hard to make you you uh, you laugh well, you know, uh, you know, that that's the beauty of our relationship and the beauty of uh, having an honest conversation. Uh, you know, you know, I've been trying to get uh, Anthony on this show for a while because his story is just uh, one that a lot of people should hear. And uh, he should tell it a lot more, by the way. Uh, he's the co-executive producer of the new series uh, Family Reunion, which airs this summer on Netflix. Uh, my man, uh, I love you. You keep winning. And uh, you owe me a meal. You owe me a big meal. OK. Hey, perfect. All right. Yeah, we sort of stopped paying attention and racked up a lot of debt. Yeah. 
It was stressful. He blamed me for my credit card debt, and I blamed him for building that man cave. It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, we stopped blaming each other, did our homework, and read that a smart way to consolidate debt is to get a fixed-rate loan. But getting a loan was brutal. And a time drain. So I was in my man cave researching personal loans, and I found Best Egg. Yep. They have an A-plus rating with the BBB, and Best Egg handles everything online, start to finish. And Consumer Affairs gave Best Egg five stars for their easy online loan app. And we could be approved and funded in as little as one business day. I applied online with no impact to my credit score. She always takes credit for my wins. <laughs> but long story short, she got an awesome loan, yeah. paid off our cards and some bills while lowering our monthly payment. The Best Egg loan was like a total fresh start. Yeah. Visit bestegg.com slash blue. Bestegg.com slash blue. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times will vary. Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, coworker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. My next guest has been on several television shows as well as a co-host of Fox Network's talk show, The Preachers, which I saw him on, which aired in the summer of 2016. He and his family are currently in the third season of their show, The Book of John Gray, which airs on the Oprah Winfrey Network. We all know that network. He was an Ebony Power 100 honoree. I want to be one of those one day. And was inducted into the inaugural class of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Uh, that's pretty powerful. This young man got it going on. He is on the show today to talk about his latest book, When From Within. Again, he's on the show today to talk about his latest book, When From Within. He wants to help readers identify how best to handle the most difficult, challenging, and, ne- and yet necessary battles that we all face. Our inner struggle to overcome the worst versions of ourselves. Jacob spent much of his life running and hiding from himself. At a certain point, we, like Jacob, cannot run from our true selves anymore. We must stop and face ourselves if we are to become great. His book, When From Within, helps. It helps us now. Us conquer our inner darkness and overcome such hindrance as fear. I talked about that earlier. Shame and guilt. He prays you will find this powerfully biblical self-help guide push you towards victory over your inner struggles. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. Somebody I haven't saw in a long time. Ran into him in the airport a couple of couple of months ago. Pastor John Gray the <laughs> Third. My friend. Honored <laughs> to be with you today. I'm feeling good. Feeling good, man. You know, uh, actually, the, the previous time I saw you was in Houston on stage and uh, and uh, uh, doing a Super Bowl ceremony for BET. It was the uh, NFL uh, uh, choir celebration. Yeah. At uh, yeah. Joel Osteen's church. Now, you was crushing yeah. it, man. You was He's funny, you know that. 
man, I was trying. They put me up there last minute. I was like, now y'all got some other hosts. I won't have they check because <laughs> I just happened to be there. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you you were there. It's been a journey, man. Uh, you know, a little side note about me and uh, Pastor John Gray the uh, Third. We met um, uh, just just uh, I guess it was just one of those moments in life how you just meet people and how my life has always been uh, able to introduce people to their 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 course of life, their dream or or something they're trying to seek. Uh, Steve Harvey yeah. and I, we were at a sold-out show in, uh, at the uh, New Jersey Pack. That's one of the best yep. theaters in the country. And um, yes, this young man came up to me. Didn't know him. Didn't know him. And it was funny because Steve said, who is that? I said, hey, he, he said he's funny, and he wants to go on stage. He said, what you going to do? I said, hey, brother, everybody deserves a shot. And it was funny because, you know, it's it, how life is. And he, believe me, he was funny, too. He was very funny. And just, just tell him the experience there, John. <laughs> Man, uh, that was a uh, sack, I think. It was a show for uh, a hair care company. Absolutely. Yes, right, right. And and Darren said, John, I'm going to give you five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to open. And I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at you, already a legend. <laughs> Steve Harvey's back there, already a legend. And I'm sitting here, and I got a one-bedroom apartment in South Jersey with a blue Ford Taurus in the back of the NJ pack. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it had to be 2002, maybe. Yes, sir. Somewhere yes, sir. back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. And I got up there, and I did my piece. I came off stage. He shook my hand. He said, great job, great job. And he said, and, and Steve wants you to introduce him. Mm-hmm. And that was like the greatest honor mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. able to stand mm-hmm. amongst giants. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was a youth pastor right. that was doing like Christian comedy, family comedy. Mm-hmm. And we know Uncle Steve, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll put some words together. So it wasn't <laughs> like no church, no. this was a show. Um, but the fact that I was able to stand amongst the greats uh, and just to watch meant the world. The way you carried yourself, the suit you had on, the hat, the tie. I could go on and on. I remember those details mm-hmm. because for me, and already I'm like getting emotional, but for me, when you don't have a father and don't mm-hmm. have a father figure and don't have men in your life, you look to see what excellence looks like. Right. And for me, my, all I have is my heart. My heart is my commodity. As long as I keep my heart pure, I figure God's going to take me wherever he wants me to go. So on that day, for you guys to accept me was saying, y'all see me. Right that you guys find value in me mm-hmm. and that helped me. It propelled me mm-hmm. uh, and it gave me some confidence to keep going, right. push on through. Right. And so I just had to say, you know, how grateful I was for that experience. It was an eye opener uh, and it was, it was wonderful. I'm telling you something, man, I was reading your book, Pastor. I'm just telling you, <laughs> you was hitting some notes with me, brother. You was hitting some notes with me. I have, I have this. You, man. I have this. Uh, I have this. Uh, in my back of my house, I have this uh, rock right next to the lake. And um, you know, I, when it, when every when times were always tough for me, I, when I when it, when it was when you know in life you know this, Pastor John, is that sometimes only you can make that decision. You can you can seek counseling, you can t- talk to friends, but that ultimate decision has to be made with you. And so. When you're making a decision, there's only one person you're making that decision with. That's God. A lot of people don't understand that. And when I would go, when I go to that rock and sit down, that's all I'm talking about. That's all I'm looking at that water. I'm looking at God. I'm looking at that grass. I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at I'm looking at my reflection. And so when you're talking about that weariness, man, 
that's what you talk. That's a very powerful statement that you're talking about. That, that, that expound on that a little bit for us, there, Pastor. Well, this this idea of when you talk about weary, people need to understand there's a difference between being tired, mm-hmm. being sleepy, and mm-hmm. being weary. Mm-hmm. Because being tired means you need rest. Mm-hmm. Being sleepy means you need sleep. Mm-hmm. Being weary need, means you need to have your soul replenished. Mm-hmm. Because when you're weary, you've actually taken from the substance of who you are and given it to people and haven't received in return. Right. When you do that, those are upside down transactions. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you'll feed on things. You talked about natural food like donuts and candy. Mm-hmm. But you'll feed on empty calories that there can't really satisfy you. <laughs> that's how David ended up with Bathsheba. He was weary. Right. Okay. That's how Samson ended up with Delilah. He was weary. Right. Because when you get so weary that you don't see right from wrong, you start making bad decisions. Right. And it's not because you want to fail. It's actually because you want to heal and don't know how to do it the right way. See, I'm tired of people bashing people because they make bad decisions. Nobody wakes up in the morning saying, I can't wait to fail my family. We are all human and we have challenges, difficulties, and we make bad decisions. And many of them are because we're weary Mm -hmm. and we're trying to figure out how to get back to the place called balance. Mm -hmm. And balance is, and and balance is an illusion, Rashawn. Let me just say this. (laughs) When people are like, how do you find the balance between ministry and family? There is no such thing. Because balance means both things are equal. Ministry can never weigh more than my wife and kids. And it did. That's why my wife was like, I'm going to my mama's house. Right. Because you're married to the church and you're dating your family. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I needed to recalibrate and say, this family that God has blessed me with, these two children that he's blessed me with, right. even though I feel inadequate as a husband and as a father because I never saw that, Right. I need to put my roots down and start building right here. Mm-hmm. Because if I make decisions when I'm weary, I'm going to lose it all. Right. And nobody will know that what I did wasn't because I was in lust or in addiction. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. because I was weary. Absolutely. So oh, I, okay. I got some therapist mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and I got a Bible and I got some prayer and I did all three of them. <laughs> Come on and, now. And I'm not ashamed to say it. Come on now. And when, when you talk about weariness with Samson, Samson, told his strength was his hair. Because God That's blessed true. him and said, as long as you don't put a razor to your hair, you would have strength. He, he, his weariness, he gave Delilah the truth. Now on David, instead of going off to war, he up there on top of his palace looking around, he look over there and see Bathsheba bathing. He tell him to bring her to him. And they have they make love or sex. You know what I'm saying? So that's the weariness he's talking about. Because you, you make decisions that aren't right for yourself, but you do them anyway because guess what? You weary. Come on, yeah. man. You about to have me start preaching with you, man. I'm about Come to start on, preaching, man. man. Come, Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> the, the, the beauty of that's what I'm saying when I'm reading this book, man. It, it's like here's it, this. What, what I, I wrote this out of the book. It says it's the stew. He said the stew, and he's gonna explain to you what the stew is. The stew is no joke. It tastes good going down. It's a tasty death. It's a tasty end. You dab the corners of your mouth because it satisfies in that moment. In an instant, though, everything is changed. It's all gone. Talk about that, Stu, Pastor. I'm getting ready to go read my book again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a moment in the lives of Jacob and Esau, for those who may not be familiar with the biblical narrative, Mm -hmm. Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. Esau came out first. 
mm-hmm. Jacob grabbed his heel as he was coming out of the womb, that the name Jacob means heel grabber or replacement or supplanter. And it was the fulfillment of a prophecy that was given to the mother that said, two nations are in your womb and the older shall serve the younger. Mm-hmm. And so Jacob was was basically his whole life trying to upend his brother or outdo his brother, but he didn't have his brother's strength and he didn't have his father's favor. Mm-hmm. And so at one point Esau, who was very impetuous and he moved in the moment, came back from hunting and he was exhausted and he was hungry. Mm-hmm. And he said to his brother, fix me some of that stew. Let me get a bowl of that stew you made. And Jacob said, I'll give you some stew if you sell me your birthright. Right Now in ancient Hebrew times, selling your birthright was akin to dishonoring your parents, dishonoring God. It's dishonoring your identity. Your birthright means you got a double portion of the blessing. You got favor for the rest of your life and your kids. And so in a moment of temporary hunger, Esau made an eternal decision. And so the stew represents anything that wants you to eat it right now without understanding that it's going to cost you for the rest of your life. So stew for Esau, actually, it tasted good while he ate it. Yes, sir. But nothing was ever the same. He lost his birthright. He lost his identity and he lost his favor. For those who read the Bible, God introduces himself to Moses as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. It should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, but Esau chose to mm. sell his birthright, and therefore he gave up his identity. And then got mad. And then got mad. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Yeah, yeah, Jacob had to go run. Had to run. Yeah. <laughs> Fell on that rock and went to sleep. Became an altar. I mean, I've read this for a book now. I'm telling you, I've read this for a book. Boy, I've been reading the Bible up here. Because it's like reading a, a Bible. I, I love it because like a refresher course, you know, because of the fact that when you go into a well-written book, allows you to experience something. also allows you to realize that this something is important in your life. And then when you read his book, you realize how important the Bible is in your life. Uh, Pastor John Gray III, I really want to appreciate you. I really want to appreciate you coming on the show, man, and uh, allowing me to read your book and, uh, and promote your book and sell the values of your book because it's important when you write these books, and I know he does a lot of these shows. Uh, equally important, he knows that I've read his book, and I appreciate the value of what he brought to the table. Amen. Thank you, Rashawn, for allowing me to be on your platform. Thank you for being my friend through these years. and Thank you for opening that door and 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 speaking life to me all those years ago. Yes, sir. And I pray that this book is a blessing to you and to all of your listeners and supporters. I really do want them to get it. It is a life-changing read. I believe that. I appreciate you, brother. Pastor John Gray the Third. Yeah, we sort of stopped paying attention and racked up a lot of debt. Yeah, it was stressful. He blamed me for my credit card debt, and I blamed him for building that man cave. It's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, we stopped blaming each other, did our homework, and read that a smart way to consolidate debt is to get a fixed-rate loan. But getting a loan was brutal. And a time drain. So I was in my man cave researching personal loans, and I found Best Egg. They have an A-plus rating with a BBB, and Best Egg handles everything online, start to finish. And consolidate. Consumer Affairs gave Best Egg five stars for their easy online loan app. And we could be approved and funded in as little as one business day. I applied online with no impact to my credit score. She always takes credit for my wins. <laughs> but long story short, she got an awesome loan, yep. paid off our cards and some bills while lowering our monthly payment. The Best Egg loan was like a total fresh start. Yeah. Visit bestegg.com blue. 
bestegg.com slash blue. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times will vary. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, used to always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be motivated. You know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. My next guest is a successful actor. Let me put that at the top. Producer and director from, I've been to this city, Clinton, South Carolina. <laughs> from comedy shows to recent work, movie, TV shows, uh, the Martin Reboot. He's on the show to talk about all of these things. But more importantly, the new anti-bully movie he directed entitled Misguided Behavior. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Carl Anthony Payne. Hey, Carl, man. uh, First of all, you know, congratulations on everything that you accomplished. But the reason I want to congratulate and say great things about you because, you know, you do the big projects, but I always noted that it's important that you do independent projects. Why is that so important to you? Because, man, it's, it's, uh, well, first of all, just, how creative you're able to be, you know, um, within, within those, uh, so-called boundaries. Um, cause there really aren't any. Right. Right. And, and, um, it's also, it's, it's about the work, you know, you know, when, it, when it's an independent project, most of the time there's not a lot of money involved and, uh, you know, I love what I do. So right. it's about the art. It's mm-hmm. about the art of it and the story that you're trying to tell, you know, um, or just being a part of something that that is bigger than just what's on the paper. You know, it, it's really interesting when I when I look at your career and I look at the the characters you play. You know, how how difficult is it to go from drama to comedy or comedy to drama? Is is that just is that something natural to you, or is this something that you uh, you you've um, you wanted to do to be able to, in your resume? Oh uh, man, it's, it's it's supernatural. It's supernatural because it's like think about man, every day is drama, but it. You got to laugh at it. <laughs> you got to laugh at it, man, you but, know. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, um, 
to answer your question a little bit better, man, I started off doing drama first. You know, right. I went mm-hmm. to uh, high school of performing arts mm-hmm. in New York, uh, mm-hmm. which is now called LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really got accepted to Juilliard and chose to go to Howard University. Mm-hmm. So everything started off with more drama anyway. Comedy is just something that I just happened to uh, be good at, I guess, and, and, and made a living doing that as well. So it's 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 not it's not hard to go back and forth at all. I mean, you know. Because, okay. again, we deal with enough drama to be able to laugh come about on, it. On. <laughs> I, I, you know, I love talking to talented people. They make it seem like, you know, it's no big deal. You know, back and forth, comedy, no, no, drama. No, no. Listen, listen, listen. You know what I'm talking listen. about. You know what I'm talking about. You know this show. Comedy, comedy, comedy is definitely harder. Mm-hmm. You know, it is definitely because it's, it's about timing. It's about right. timing. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you can't teach that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can, you can, but it, it's, it's, if it's natural and, 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 you know, innate, it's just, it's just one of those things that, uh, it makes it know, happen. It, so, yeah. Yeah. So now let's talk about the movie, uh, misguided behavior. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. first of all, he's very drama, dramatic in this movie. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. um, but also you, you, you went behind the lens, you know, how difficult it, let's, let's talk about the movie. Just tell everybody about the movie. This is a movie that, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be an executive producer on the movie. It's an anti-bully movie. It's about the typical situation that here's a young man who's being bullied and he has to add, he, he lives in a lifestyle that you say, why is he under duress? Why is he not in fact, where was his parents? Well, his parents were always, always there for this young man. Father was mm-hmm. in a little bit of denial about what was going on. Mother was overly concerned. So you had a conflict right there. You had the overly concerned mom and the dad said, be a man, be a man, be a man. But neither right. one of the parents was listening to the young man's emotional pain. And that's right. what this movie's about. Uh, I throw it back to you. I wanted to just set it up for your call because it's really a movie that more and more people should be aware of. And parents should expose and teachers should expose these young adults to this movie. Right, right. I mean, that was the thing that drew me to it, the story uh, of it all. Uh, as a matter of fact, once I started doing the film, you know, I, I had it, it hit home even more so because my my son, my youngest son, was actually going through that, and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he was actually you know, the same thing was happening right at home, and I did not even know it. And you know, we have to stop. We have to, first of all, first of all, everything starts in the home. Everything right. starts at home, mm-hmm. you know. And, yes, we have to hold ourselves as well as the teachers who we leave our children with for the majority of the day. Right. Uh, the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and, and so we have to have these dialogues. We have to have these conversations. Then we have to be able to recognize things that, that are unsaid. You well, know? my man, I appreciate uh, you getting on the call, and uh, go do what you oh, got to yeah. do, Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm in Chicago shooting this uh, Christmas film right now. But uh, you know, we be putting the gang back together, so we about to bring um, we about you know, we about to bring that funny man. But you know, everybody's been asking about this reboot. So well, well, that's we another interview. That. That's another. You know, I, I know about that. That's another interview. That oh, yeah. I'm gonna bring yeah, a couple yeah, of y'all yeah. on my show simultaneously to talk about that. So <laughs> no, no, that's I'm bringing you back for that one on that one call. Okay. All right. Stay strong, cool, man. man, and stay warm in Chicago. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's cold out here. <laughs> I know that's right. Bye-bye. My next guest, he's here, live in studio. I tell you, last time he was in studio with me was in uh, Los Angeles. 
Steve Harvey Morning Show. Oh, my you know, he's, this guy stayed busy anyway. Uh, he's appeared in more than 100 movies beginning in the 1980s. The credits include Minutes to Society, Dead Presidents, Why Do Fools Fall in Love, Rush Hour, Next Friday. Woo! And I've been loving him recently because he he, he died maybe three times in one of my favorite series on CW called Black Lightning. Please welcome to the show, Clifton Powell. Good to be here. How you doing? Hey, Clifton, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. You know. uh, first of all, I'm happy you came by. We're talking about the movie. I just hung up with uh, with uh, uh, Carl, Carl Payne in regards to misguided behavior, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you play a dominant role in there. Uh, many roles. First of all, let's talk about your career a little bit, man. You're uh, busy, bro. You're a working man. actor. You know, that's what people strive for in Hollywood, a I, working actor. You know, I want to be a football player, so I'm, you know, I'm still kind of, like, blessed that I've had such a long career. I I really, I really just really want to be a football player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my nephew's a sportscaster, James Brown. You know J.B.? Absolutely. So Absolutely. J.B. was a basketball star in D.C. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up going into math and trying to play basketball, but I, and I played a little bit of football. <laughs> but I grew up in the hood. You know, it was before you went to training and all mm-hmm, that stuff. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I, I didn't get to, you know, get the kind of support, you know, because I was really fast and I was good. And I, so after football, I really had no desire to be anything other. I was going to be a bus driver. I come out of the hood, and I, you know, I didn't football I, bus drive. Well, I couldn't. I didn't play football, so I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was going to be a bus driver because somebody told me bus drivers made six dollars and fifty cents an hour there back in nineteen seventy one. So there you like, go. There you go. And so you know, um, then I, you know, God had another plan. And so mm-hmm. you know, once I got into it, I was. I tell all the students that you know I was the worst actor in my program, and I had to work harder than anybody else. And um, I had a little bit of tragedy. My dad had a nervous breakdown, and they were gonna had to drop out of the program. And they mm-hmm. decided, you know, even though I was a, a, a little bit of a knucklehead when I got there, because I, I wouldn't wear my leotards and tights. Debbie mm-hmm. Allen was my dance teacher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, one of the teachers, God rest his soul, Charles Brown, who's a fabulous actor, uh, came to me and said, "Man, you gotta put your leotards and tights on. You're scaring everybody. You're a little, <laughs> you're a little rough around here, a little edgy." And so finally I put my tights on, and then I stayed in the program. And then, you know, I went to Emerson, and then I got to New York, I think, in uh, 79, and mm-hmm. Sam and Denzel and all those guys were there. And I just knew that, that if I kept myself together, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think any of us really thought about Hollywood. We just wanted to be a working actor. Mm-hmm. And then I got to L.A. in 89, and, and, you know, for those first five or six years, I was unemployed and, you know, mm-hmm. doing all kind of clerical work and counseling and stuff. And then... You know, when I went to auditions, I would just go in so prepared. Mm-hmm. So when I went mm-hmm. in and did Rock was the first show that kind of like introduced me to the public. I went in. It was for a cracked out crack dealer. Right. And I had met Charles Dutton at a beach party. And I knew a friend of his, my buddy Walter Ben. I said, man, I'm, I'm a friend of Mr. Ben. He said, all right, man. So two weeks later, I'm auditioning. And he comes down the hall. And everybody else got on T-shirts and jeans. I look like a crackhead. Right, I right, right. Dirty but- clothes, dirty teeth, <laughs> hair. With dirt in my hair, so Charlie said I got in the room, and he said, "You know, they really got a real damn crackhead out there." <laughs> and uh, so once I booked that, I just kept on booking, and the rest is history. <laughs> you know, but I, one thing I want to say to the young people out there is, is preparation, meeting opportunity. That's all it is. A real crackhead. I read they say he got a real crackhead out there because <laughs> I would go. Man, I did a, a tour of duty with Miguel Nunez, and I came in full army dress, mm-hmm. and the man said, "Who? Where are you from?" I said, "I'm just." I'm from New York. I'm just trying to get a job. Right, right. right. And then I did my monologue from the hallway. And right. By the time I finished, they said, you know what, you're going to be the guy. Just, wow. You know, so it's just, it's just about training and preparation. And also willing to go there. 
and willing willing to go there and and but then you know I got a note from one casting director that said tell him not to wear the whole army suit next time, so that was a different audition. So mm-hmm. sometimes they don't like you to go all the way go there, but it, it worked in my behalf, and and I'm just blessed to be a well. It's actor. been working because you've been busy. I've been busy, and you've been been consistently busy. Yeah, and I know that. I'm just telling you know I've been a casting writer and all yeah. that, so yeah. I know how Hollywood is, especially yeah. for African American yeah. men. Yeah, I want to bring you back. You know, because, you know, just call, man. You ain't got to come in the studio so we can talk longer. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, we sort of stopped paying attention and racked up a lot of debt. Yeah, it was stressful. He blamed me for my credit card debt, and I blamed him for building that man cave. It's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, we stopped blaming each other, did our homework, and read that a smart way to consolidate debt is to get a fixed-rate loan. But getting a loan was brutal. And a time drain. So I was in my man cave researching personal loans, and I found Best Egg. They have an A-plus rating with the BBB, and Best Egg handles everything online, start to finish. And Consumer Affairs gave Best Egg five stars for their easy online loan app. And we could be approved and funded in as little as one business day. I applied online with no impact to my credit score. (laughs) She always takes credit for my wins. (laughs) But long story short, she got an awesome loan, paid off our cards and some bills while lowering our monthly payment. The Best Egg loan was like a total fresh start. Yeah. Visit bestegg.com slash blue. Bestegg.com slash blue. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times will vary. Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, coworker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent, such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.